Hey, welcome back to Finding Our Way, our Southridge Church podcast, where we have conversations about leadership, we get behind the scenes of church life, and we dig into what it looks like to follow Jesus as we find our way together. Please join me in welcoming our host and lead pastor, Jeff Lockyer. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way. And uh, for Jesus followers and church leaders listening, we hope that you've had a terrific, terrific Easter week. For sure, all of us are kind of finding ourselves recovering right now, uh, not the least of which around Southridge is our worship pastor, Justin Bricks. But I wanted to sit down with him anyways and debrief the experience and kind of look ahead. So, Justin, welcome here. Thank you. It's great to be here. Are you sure about that? I thought that you'd be <laughs> kind of comatose <laughs> right now by the time you'd, you'd crank through all of uh, all the Easter week's activities. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about that um, just as I was uh, as I was preparing uh, this afternoon. And truthfully, in years past, that would be true. But honestly, like I feel like the last last couple of weeks um, have just have really felt life giving. It's been a lot of work. Don't get me wrong, um, but yeah, it's felt like yeah, God's just been up to some really cool things through the through some of the tries that we've had uh, this Easter. And um, yeah, I've just been hearing some cool stories about um, what people have been experiencing through that. So as much as I would have anticipated that at this point, I'd feel like I was limping across the finish line. Um, I'm actually feeling pretty good. So maybe I'm waiting for that wall to hit me in one or two days from now. Yeah, but, exactly. but for right yeah. now, fingers crossed. Let's let's live in the let's live in the zone then and enjoy that. That's great. Hey, um, haven't been on for a while, so give us a bit of an update on how things are going in your own world. How are you doing? How's the family? Talk about that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, um, my my wife Kaylee and I were uh, we're 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 doing well. We have a uh, he's now five and a half. Uh, our son Wilson. And um, yeah, life is busy with a five-year-old and uh, we figured it wasn't busy enough. So we, we added a dog to that mix as well. So our, our household is noisy, um, but full of fun. And uh, and yeah, we're just loving the warmer weather these days and getting out when we can. And with Wilson, are you more parent or are you more second five-year-old that Kaylee has to kind of deal with? <laughs> that's a good That's a good question. I think we all take turns being the five-year-old in our household. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a shared effort. That's great. And, uh, you know, personally, what are you kind of up to, you know, I don't want to say you have spare time, but, uh, I know you've done, you know, different recording and art and mm -hmm. uh, what in your, in your side hobbies and side yeah. hustles, what are you up to these days? Yeah, no, no, it's funny. I, I tell people, um, I, you know, I, I've always had this love for painting and, uh, and for years I would say, for some reason, I used to say to people, oh, I love painting. Like, I'll do that when I'm retired. And I'm like, I'm only like 31. Why in the world would I wait till I'm retired to do something so life-giving? So that is how I spend some of my spare time, which is a great practice. I love painting. It sometimes gets me outside and just slowing down and paying attention to the world around me. So that's been, that's when I do have spare time, that is, uh, that's been life-giving for me for sure. Very cool. Okay. Well, let's dive in and kind of debrief this yeah. last week. And, and uh, you'd mentioned already that, you know, you're part of this inspiration department uh, in our church, basically for people outside of Southridge, the department that drives and, and, and essentially runs and programs and delivers our, our weekend services across our locations. And so as part of that, uh, you were part of a, a team 
that was experimenting with some things in preparation mm-hmm. for and throughout Holy Week. So at the very beginning of this, I remember seeing you and your other team members kind of at the restaurant across the street from Southridge scheming up some of these ideas. Talk to me about what was like behind the ideas at the very beginning. Why, why did you want to try something new this year? Yeah, yeah. I think when I brought the idea to our team, I prefaced it by being like, guys, this is a really bad idea. Um, and, uh, and surprisingly it was actually received better than I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we had the idea of, uh, you know, we, during Holy week, which is the time period observed um, between Palm Sunday, which was the Sunday before Easter and resurrection Sunday being Easter Sunday. Um, you know, historically the church has kind of observed the stories of Jesus leading up to the crucifixion and, um, and it's not something typically we've always observed in, in a lot of capacity around here. We've done things in the past, but it hasn't been kind of a, a central element of our Easter experience. But um, we had the idea that like, well, what if, what if in a way of helping us to anticipate and open ourselves up spiritually uh, to the resurrection story in a new way, like what if we actually just gathered at 7.30 a.m. in the morning every single day from Monday to Thursday, and then again on Holy Saturday, in addition to the services that we regularly run on Good Friday and, and Easter Sunday, uh, and Easter Sunday. And, um, and it was kind of a convergence of, you know, what if we oriented our community to this way, but also even just asking, you know, in an increasingly online world, like how do we reclaim or, or try and, yeah, I, yeah, I guess try and reclaim some of those online spaces and use those online tools and spaces to help stimulate spiritual growth in new ways. And so we live streamed these events and uh, yeah, we, we just kind of invited people to come out and they came and we streamed it. And yeah, it was a, it was a really, really fun try to do uh, with the team this year. Yeah. So at its basic, you know, most basic level for, for leaders outside of Southridge listing, uh, the idea was to experiment with experiences, not just in the in the kind of three highlight moments of Holy Week, Palm Sunday, Good Friday, and Easter Sunday, but kind of all eight days. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to gather eight consecutive days instead of just these these three different times. And I guess my question is, in those, you know, kind of increasing the frequency of these gatherings, like what were you hoping to accomplish outside of just sort of busying everybody's schedule? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, one of the observations that I I had had earlier this year was it was kind of as we started having, you know, you round the corner of the new year. And when you're in church world, particularly in the rhythm of planning services like January, you've just come through Christmas and you put on these services and you're kind of like, all right, let's gear up for Easter. And that's kind of the next thing that's around the corner. Um, uh, and it always feels like it comes way too soon, but nevertheless, that's what's coming up. Um, and it was just kind of this observation or feeling that I had where Easter always te- uh, Easter always seems like it sneaks out. Like culturally, like at large, Christmas being the other, you know, large event that, you know, at churches generally celebrate Easter and Christmas are two generally like highlight moments in the year in terms of what we celebrate being the birth of Jesus and the death and resurrection of Jesus. And Christmas gets this cultural on-ramp. Like you can't really, like no one, no one rounds the corner on December 24th and is like, oh, I forgot it was Christmas this month, right? Like we all, 
it's just it's something that is all around us um that the holidays are kind of this big giant arrow saying like december 25th is coming um but easter doesn't really have that and so i know for myself personally in the past all of a sudden it feels like you know good friday and easter can kind of like come and go in the blink of an eye and being the fact that like you know jesus death and resurrection is the thing that we get to not just remember but we get to participate in that as followers of jesus like that is the central event of our faith and uh and so it's always kind of felt funny to me that easter tends to sneak up and then slip away uh sometimes if i'm not careful and so this try for holy week was like if I'm feeling that, I'm sure maybe other people have had that experience too. And how can we make sure that that doesn't happen this year? How can we make sure that we're paying attention in a really intentional way uh, to say, let's make sure that we're not letting Easter slip by this year so that we can really be paying attention uh, to what God wants to do in our lives as a community. Yeah, I love the contrast between those, like, you know, whether it's after Halloween or Black Friday or whatever it is, like, yeah. Culturally, yeah. we prepare for Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know, even, you know, let every heart prepare them room. Like we, we even sing that we should prepare for Christmas. Um, That's right. And, and often don't prepare for Easter. So this try boiled down to its kind of simplest efforts was just to help prepare people similarly or maybe more centrally uh, mm-hmm. for what is a bigger deal in the Christian calendar than, than Christmas, and that is the death and resurrection of Jesus. So at a, at a practical level then, in trying to kind of address that need or you know, stimulate that faith aspect of preparedness, um, mm-hmm. talk practically, just especially for people who maybe didn't experience it from our community or for leaders listening, like what did your team actually deliver Mm-hmm. Kind of in each of these extra experiences that you created to help prepare people for Good Friday and Easter Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I had a couple of values going into it. One being like, we know this is a busy time for our teams, like our because our Sundays are largely volunteer driven, right? And so I was kind of like, if we're adding five additional gatherings this week, like let's make sure not to extend our volunteers in a season that already feels like it can be a bigger ask. And so it was actually um, largely put on by the inspiration department, um, like the staff that kind of work on our team uh, with with a combination of some other voices, um, you know, who provide pastoral leadership across our locations. And so it was a really small group of people putting it on. uh, But essentially, yeah, we were gathering at 730 every single morning at our Glenridge location in the lobby. It was very simple. Uh, it was like an acoustic guitar, and we sang a couple songs, and we 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 read. Uh, we were following uh, reflections from this book by an author named Brian Zond called "The Unvarnished Jesus," who takes us on this like journey through uh, Holy Week, and there are about five minute reflections. So we read a fl- read a reflection. Uh, we invited people to participate in a practice that kind of was in conjunction with that reflection. Um, you know, at the end of the week, uh, on Thursday, we took communion. So we had these gatherings running Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, um, that were also live streamed. Uh, and then again on Holy Saturday, which is the Saturday in between Good Friday and Easter Sunday, uh, we actually gathered in a bit of a different format and, and we, uh, we gathered at a conservation area locally. And we actually just were kind of led through this, this hike, uh, you know, down by a waterfall. And we were led through a spiritual practice there. And it was just kind of a, a bit of a different way um, 
to gather even even in that format. So practically speaking, it was like kind of these, yeah, these morning half hour gatherings uh, that were very, they weren't high energy, uh, but they were pretty like, we, we were certain not, I, I wouldn't say, yeah, I, yeah, we were surprised by the attendance. Like it felt like there was like a good amount of uh, latching onto it. Um, but it was those, yeah, those five gatherings that that really made up the try for this week. Hmm. Yeah, for me personally, like in the spirit of experimenting and even giving yourself opportunity to to prepare differently uh, mm-hmm. for Easter weekend, I, I didn't do the hike, although I did a a, a run on the trail that day. I'll. I'll Kind of consider that my substitute. Absolutely. Uh, but the other four mornings participated, once online and, and three in person. And uh, I mean, for me, it was it was, I'll say it was convenient, but it was it was it was, uh, well, it was right during where where my quiet time normally normally takes place. So it, mm-hmm. for me, it it just became a collective quiet time. Yeah. And I felt like wow, even even just having a week's worth or four days worth in my case of kind of devotional time together with others. Even that was a different twist that I think yeah. uh, kind of yeah. stimulated and helped prepare at least my heart for uh, a greater experience of Jesus this, this Easter. So I'm wondering in, in, you know, from your perspective, you know, with people like me showing up or taking it in online, like what kind of engagement were you experiencing, maybe even in relation to what you expected and, and what kind of feedback were you receiving by people who participated? Yeah, I mean, knowing that obviously, like numbers do not necessarily indicate engagement uh, exclusively. But yeah, I mean, we had a probably a good core group of like 30 to 35 people showing up every single day. It's probably like on the on the smaller end of 30 at the beginning of the week, it grew a little bit. Um, But then like, the cool thing was online, like, collectively, like there's over 100 views on each of those videos at the end of each each of those days. So you know, obviously you don't know how much of that experience people are taking in, but like, you know, when, when we're kind of sitting around the table being like, Hey, I think I have this idea that might track with some people. And you have no idea if people are going to say like, Hey, that's way too early for me, or that's inconvenient. Like to know that we're, you know, serving, you know, 130 members of our community in some way over the course of that week, like that felt, wow, that was worth it. I'm really glad that we that we poured that that energy into it. Uh, yeah, I've I've heard a couple of really cool stories, even just some of the ways that people have engaged, not just in the Holy Week, but also also in Easter. Like, um, I was just on the phone with this one individual um, earlier this afternoon, who was saying, you know, when they came in on Monday, uh, they actually couldn't come and participate uh, in the room in person, and so they said, I'm going to go to my office half an hour early. I'm going to lock the door and you know, just set up my computer and have my quiet time and tune in, in, in that way. And, 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 and they were kind of talking about how it was, it was a little bit hard for them to focus at first. Cause later on in, in that day, after, after they were going to participate in this gathering, they had like, they said, Oh, I had this meeting that I was so nervous for. It was just like a lot of conflict I was dealing with at work. And, and, um, and I was just, you know, I, it was really hard for me to be present and whatever practice that we led them through on Monday, they said like in the moment there was a tangible sense of like just like peace that they experienced and just like a letting go of whatever was coming next. And then they were just talking to me all about how like, and then when I was entering into this conversation, I was so nervous for like, it went so much better than I thought because of the way that I was able to open up and participate in what we were doing as a community. So like, 
just like, I love stories like that because it's one thing for us to be like, oh, this many people showed up and you know, that's, that is a metric to pay attention to, you know, is it serving a good number of our community? But like hearing those real life stories of like, Hey, you offered this thing, we participated in it. And I experienced like real life impact. Like that's just so cool to hear those stories. And, you know, and I kind of hear some of, some of those things that God's been doing in people's uh, lives throughout the course of that week. Well, and it feels to me like the, it, it taps into some of the deeper reality behind all of this, that throughout that week of experimentation, like this was about more than just a strategy and more than just collectively having quiet times and singing a couple songs, reading this Brian's on devotional and engaging in a practice, letting people go like the preparing for Holy week mm-hmm. and even the learning how to practice the presence of Jesus uh, like there's an underlying theology yeah. behind wanting people to embrace these realities of Holy Week, not just in a prep, not just in a prepare for Friday and Sunday, but in an yeah. ongoing way. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we we regularly on our team are having conversations around like like obviously large, uh, probably the largest chunk of what we do is like how are we going to spend the hour of time that we gather on Sundays um, as a community? But a lot, but another chunk of our time is just spent kind of asking like, how can we as a community spiritually engage together, uh, you know, Monday to Saturday as well. And this just felt like such a tangible example of, of a mode that we have not traditionally tapped into a lot, um, which was cool. So, so there's a bit of a like, okay, what's the future of this mode or this method of, of gathering, like like that's cool, um, but but beyond that, like even on personal levels, like I what I really did appreciate, even in retrospect, was the simplicity of what we did. Like it's easy, you know, when you're sitting in a room full, maybe a couple hundred people on a Sunday, and like you know the the lighting's atmospheric and like the pads going and the music is softly it's easy to like feel spiritual in that moment because the condition because we're trying to make conditions that are conducive to like spiritual um growth and being able to like not have distractions and pay attention but i feel like um what i felt like we did well was we just were like it's a we just kind of pared it down to the simplest thing that we could do and i hope that what people walked away with was a sense of like Oh, like my time with Jesus doesn't actually have to be flashy. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be polished. Like that it's actually, it, it can be so much simpler than that. Um, and, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that as people walked away from it, like not only they were thinking, Hey, I wonder what, what the future of these gatherings at Southridge is. Like, I'm, I'm hoping that they're also thinking like, Hey, I wonder what remnant this leaves in my life for me to continually look inward and press in uh, and open myself up spiritually and engage in this way too. Hmm. Well, especially because the, the, the events of Good Friday and the events of Easter Sunday were never intended by Jesus to just be events. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were intended to create an ongoing relationship. And even I would say in the way that we understand the purpose behind why Jesus did those things you know there's there's more of a classic evangelical kind of approach that you know jesus died and rose again to forgive your sins and sort of get you into heaven one day yeah there isn't a lot of implication in the day-to-day 
That's right. That's but right. when you understand the 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 forgiveness and the availability of Jesus risen spirit to be a presence and a resource and a, a you know an ongoing relationship in your life moment by moment well then it drives you to learn how to engage in that moment by moment relationship and so even from that perspective i loved you know as you're describing it like the unflashy unvarnished quote brian's on like the, yeah, there you the go. unvarnished just simple yeah communal and personal engagements in the day-to-day relating to, to Jesus. I found that was really the, the, the significance yeah. of it. And I'm wondering, you know, now that you're, now that you're on the back end of this experiment, you know, you did this four or five extra days, like you mentioned an example of what you saw God do. Yes. Um, it, it, you probably haven't had the full team debrief, but even just personally, like in what ways were your expectations like met or unmet or just how did it play out in light of what you had hoped? You started off, like you said, you started off saying, I think this is a really bad idea. The team embraced it. You tried it. What are you feeling now out the other end? Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, uh, part of obviously that, that bad feeling is even what I referenced when you asked me how I was, was like, usually after Easter, I'm like, oh, now I need a week of recovery. So knowing that we were embarking on more work on a work kind of heavy uh, in a work heavy season was certainly like, yeah, who, who knows how that's going to go. But, but yeah, on, on the other end, like, it's so interesting. Um, I probably had like, I don't know, like I had probably a dozen people say to me, like, I'm really glad we did something for Holy week, which was just something that I really wasn't expecting. Hmm. Um, because historically it's not like, like we, we've, we've mentioned Holy week. Sometimes we've provided devotionals and resources or whatever. Um, and it's also one of those things where if you're not super, like if you didn't grow up in like a high church tradition, like Anglican or Catholic or Eastern Orthodox or, or whatever, like you might not have, you might, you, you might've never even heard the word Holy Week. You're like, I don't even know what that means. It's typically not like an, something that like an evangelical church would place a, a, a whole lot of emphasis on. And so it was just really, it was really cool um, and thought provoking to have so many people react and respond in that way, especially in, you know, in sometimes we're managing the tensions of like, when we're trying to think about how to shape our community uh, with, through our Sunday gatherings, like you're sometimes responding to a need that is arising in the community. And sometimes you're saying like, I think we need to grow more in this way. So sometimes those are tensions to be managed, like what's felt need versus where do I feel like we need to go? Uh, but this felt much more like a convergence of like, hey, I think this is where we need to go. But then a lot of people saying like, hey, this is exactly what I needed. So that was like, that just felt like such a such a good and affirming um, response to have so many people um, re- react and respond in, in that way, which uh, which obviously feels good as a team. But um, but even yeah, personally to know that like uh, that God's in this, like God's leading this thing. Um, and it's not because we're being innovative and dreaming up clever things behind the scene, but it's actually like, this is the least innovative thing we could have done. We took this like ancient, super old practice and said like, what if we just made it really simple? And it, it was just super cool to see uh, the ways that God moved through that. Well, and I wonder how much God was moving through your heart in, in, in a common way to so many others. Like it feels like your own personal sense of mm. man, 
I feel really prepared for Christmas and really unprepared for Easter. What if we engaged in some of these, you know, more historical ancient traditions and, and practices to try to be similarly prepared for Easter weekend as we do for Christmas and realizing that so many others really, when I'm hearing people say, Oh, thanks for doing something at Holy week. Kind of what I'm hearing behind those comments is an appreciation for helping them prepare Mm. in a way that we do consistently as a society for Christmas. But like you'd said earlier, so often we never do uh, when it, when it comes to the Easter weekend. And, and so you're not alone in that. And it feels like God spoke, you know, is speaking through you in the, the same way or leading you in the same way as he was stirring in other people's hearts, which is pretty cool. So, yeah, no, I love that. I, I guess what I'm wondering now in the so what is, you know, for many of us, Jesus followers and local church and ministry leaders, there's a little bit of, okay, Easter's over, you know, other than curling up in the fetal position, like now what? <laughs> so, you know, in your world, and in our inspiration department, like, how are you guys feeling like the realities of Holy Week can mm. continue throughout the year, maybe to a greater degree, through this experimentation that we experienced? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I mean, um, I, I feel like the maybe simple and practical answer would, would be kind of what I what I said earlier, which is like, who knows what the future of you know, how can we leverage this format like that? That's maybe a conversation, but I feel like the much more significant and important conversation is like, for those of us who maybe participated and maybe um, saw God move in unexpected ways, uh, like to recognize, uh, recognize the fruit of that and, and know that that's like, when we do consistently open ourselves up to God, like we're more likely to see God moving in our lives. It's like, you know, the more you start to pay attention to something, the more you start to see it. And so I think in ongoing ways, like, you know, some, yeah, like we kind of say at the end of every single gathering, as we're sending people off, we say a life of faith isn't built in one hour a week, right? This is an ongoing thing that requires every single day choosing Jesus and choosing Jesus again and again and again and again. And, um, and I know that maybe that even sounds like a little bit of a broken record. And I think that's kind of the point that it's like, if we, if some of us who leaned in and experienced God in new ways, uh, this Holy week, like just to know that, like, that doesn't have to be limited to that one week that we can actually take that into this ongoing week. I even think of, you know, the series, instead of just doing like a good Fridays, good Friday and Easter series, uh, this year, like we've sometimes done in the past, like it ran from Palm Sunday to this upcoming Sunday on the 16th. Um, partially, even just in a way of saying like, we live in the next Sunday, like kind of like you were talking about before, like we get to participate in the resurrection. We, we don't live on Easter Sunday. We live on the Sunday after. And so like, I even like what that says as a method or as a medium. And so I want to encourage people like, know that we live in the Sunday after that's actually our reality that we live in day in and day out. And so whether it's signing up for, um, you know, spiritual practice notifications on our app or check, you know, um, whether it's like being a little more intentional about what we're learning or, uh, or practicing on Sunday and, you know, choosing to take that into your Monday to set, uh, your Monday to Saturday, uh, Saturday, like there's nothing, 
like Holy Week is it is it is a it is a thing. It is a separate thing, but there's nothing magical about it. It's just a it's just kind of a um it's a time period that we get to remind ourselves of a certain way of paying attention. And so my encouragement is to like don't don't like keep the magic in Holy Week. Like know that that's every single day and that's accessible to us all the time. Well, and I was going to ask sort of along those lines, you know, on the one hand, there's, there, there are supports and stimulants and, and, uh, you know, whether it's programs or events or resources or whatever that, that the community can make available or provide to help someone live in the reality of Holy week every week. What's the underlying heart that a person has to have in order to kind of make that a growing reality in their life? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a heart element to it. I I know, I feel like I've said a bunch of times in the last half hour, like this idea of like bringing an open heart. We talk about that a lot on Sundays. Like it has to be something that you're open to. Like you have to want it. I can't, con- I like, we can't convince you on Sunday of something that you yourself are not open to experiencing. And so like on a heart level, um, I would say that like, if you don't feel that, like, let that be your prayer, like that, that you would be able to enter into, um, enter into Holy Week the rest of the year, uh, through the ability to, to open up your, yourself to, to new things. So to open yourself up to God. Um, so there's definitely a heart posture, um, and I'd also add, like, there is a little bit of a, like, it also just takes sometimes a, a non-emotional structured rhythm of practices to help stimulate that same growth. Um, that's actually probably one of the reasons that I that I really loved paying attention to, to Holy Week, being a part of the Christian calendar, you know, just that, like, uh, it, it, it's a way, it's a way of reminding ourselves um, of something that's bigger than ourselves, that when we pay attention to these things that the church has observed for centuries, uh, not new, but very old things, like it's it's a way, I think, of of removing some of the individuality from it and removing some of our like um, our propensity to only do things when we really feel like it, when the conditions are just right. And I think recognizing that like, yeah, we need an open heart. But sometimes we also just need structure. We also need to be yanked out of our our own calendars and be reminded like something bigger is happening here. And and to trust that if we can bring that open heart, then sometimes those structures and those reminders and those those yeah, th- those kind of external um I was gonna say forces, but yeah, those 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 external uh patterns and rhythms can actually be really helpful and stimulating for our own spiritual lives. Well, listen, on behalf of our church community, thanks to you and to the team for kind of following that prompting and giving it a shot, giving it a try. We really appreciated that and uh, are, are just grateful now to be able to consider how we can partner with the supports that you make available to experience the reality of Holy Week every moment of every day and, mm-hmm. and every week. Uh, that's mm-hmm. ultimately when we say, you know, Jesus is alive. I mean, he's alive in the here and now. Jesus wants to make a difference. Well, he wants to make a difference 
in the here and now. I loved your story earlier of the person who had that meeting right after that through practicing the presence of God felt a palpable difference in their anxiety and the way that they were able to navigate just that, that very next meeting. So yeah, we yeah. appreciate the experiment and the way that it's going to help you guys in an even stronger way, support the rest of us in learning how to practice and experience uh, the presence of God moment by moment, day by day, every week. So thanks so much, Justin. Yep, no problem. My pleasure. And to all of you, both from uh, our church, Southridge, and all the other uh, leaders who are tracking along with us, uh, thanks again for joining us. We'll see you in about seven days' time as we continue finding our way together. Take care, everybody. 